702 presents the Locked and Down podcast with Cindy Paluta in association with the South African Depression and Anxiety Group because help is at hand. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening from me, Cindy Paluta, to everyone listening to this Locked and Down podcast right now. Today's podcast is a somewhat special one. It's for the matrics, our grade 12s, uh, learners across the country, as well as our teenagers who are having the most unique experience in their last years of school. There's a beautiful uh, Facebook post doing the rounds reminding us that our matrix school, um, matrix School for them has been cancelled and it's not actually a holiday. It's a time away from their friends. And in the last few months of school, they won't get to play their last sports season. They might not, might not get that year to shine on the theater stage or whatever it might be. And they're also quite nervous that they might not be prepared enough for their final exams. So to chat to me about our teenagers and their mental health during this time is clinical psychologist Leanne Lurie. Leanne, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. So Leanne, this is quite a weird time. We're all living in at the moment, not just Amatrix. And for adults, we had a very normal teenage experience in comparison. So it's almost hard to relate to our teenagers on a good day. And now they're going through so much with their hormones and their social circus. And now we've put COVID-19 on top of that. What are the normal, if we can call it normal, emotions we should be expecting from our teenagers right now? I think that our teens are very much in limbo at the moment, you know, from them having their daily pressures and routines and goals and structure, it's all been taken away from them. So, you know, we may see sort of complete sort of apathy and hopelessness versus those who sort of dive straight into some kind of homemade structure as a way of providing security. You know, we know teens are moody by nature, but we may see sort of the worst of it at this time. We may see sort of like lashing out kind of behavior. They may feel, you know, this is completely unfair, that you don't get it, that no one understands them. And so as much as our first sort of instinct may be to sort of enforce the rules and put it in place, I think right now they are needing us to pander to them and provide a little bit of softness and understanding. And it can be quite hard to be soft and understanding when you've got these teenagers who gosh, I think of myself as a teenager and I, you know, I was quite moody, although I claim not to be, but my mother will tell you that I was 100% moody. <laughs> and lashing out is quite a natural almost instinct because, you know, it's the same with children. You can't find the vocab. So that anger and to almost, you know, try and, and just almost be understanding. Is that what you're saying of their, of their anger at the moment? I think be understanding and to contextualize it. They must be feeling incredibly helpless at the moment. And as if, you know, the rug has been ripped out from underneath them. There were so many things that they were looking forward to, so many hallmarks, for example, you know, of a matric year that they no longer have. You know, as it is, next year for them is something that is quite uncertain. And now they're not even sure whether those things can even happen. And so on some level, they're living in a traumatized sort of like state. And a traumatized state is something very hectic to be experiencing, especially at such a young age, because that really can shift your your mental capabilities and your coping mechanisms for the rest of your life. So as parents, how do we, or as those living with teenagers, because maybe not everybody's necessarily a parent, you could be a grandparent of a teenager, how are we helping them through, like what should we be doing to help cushion them at the moment? So, you know, essentially, I guess we have to, we have to provide a, a balance between what's expected of them versus actually like letting them off the hook. 
So it's important that you allow them to have duvet days, you know, as we like to call them, where they're not expected, they're not expected to do anything. They're not expected to get up and do the homework, where they are allowed to connect via social media with their friends, where they are allowed to be a little bit moody. And then at the same time, also have days where there are expectations in place because at the end of the day, they do have to get through their school year. They do have to pass. And I think that, you know, for many teens, they may throw their hands up and go, but like, but what's the point? You know, none of us know when this is going to end. I don't know when my life is going to return to normal. And so for them, it's about explaining, well, you know, where we can maintain some kind of normality, let's try and put it in place. Yeah, it's quite a hard one because, yes, there is a level of expectation for them to do some work, et cetera, et cetera. But almost it's quite difficult now because the things that you wanted to take away from them, well, you know, if you don't do your homework, I won't let you go to the movies. Or if you don't do your homework, I won't let you go see your friends. And we can't put a trick in a naughty corner. So we're almost stuck. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think it's really, important for parents to remember do not use a threat of taking away their phones or their laptops or their iPads you know as a potential punishment it's important to remember that social connection for your teens is incredibly important and we know the impact of isolation on a developing brain we know the impact that it has on your mental health and wellness and so their phones right now are their only access to the outside world. It's the only way to feel that they're not entirely missing out on the connection with their friends. Because remember, their friends are their support system. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. You know, sometimes you can write messages on WhatsApp or whatever, and it can be taken so wrong in terms of tone. And this is just as adults as everybody in general in society. And at this age where you're so vulnerable, you almost have to be so careful about what you do and don't read if you're a teenager, you know, and how stuff can be misinterpreted. And now you're in isolation and somebody maybe starts, you know, ignoring you. Now you've got to deal with that on top of everything else. Absolutely. And I think your imagination can certainly run wild. And so maybe as parents, it's also about putting things in place that teach the skills of mindfulness. So if your friend doesn't reply to you immediately, can you generate alternatives in your mind? Can you say to yourself, okay, right, maybe their phone is plugged in upstairs. Maybe they're busy with something else. Maybe they saw your message and they were called away to do something. It doesn't mean that you've suddenly suffered all out rejection, but it does mean you need to sort of hold what you're feeling without necessarily doing something impulsive, like typing out a rude message back and then sort of suffering the social consequences without necessarily being able to see the person in the flesh and actually like fix the situation. And now obviously with coming up to matric exams, we're already in April and normally prelims come around about May time and then you've got finals and there's a lot of work from the teacher's side and being at school that goes into those final exams. So this could actually be a very anxious time, not only for the students, but also for the parents. So how are we managing, if I'm in matric, how should I be managing my anxiety? And if I'm a parent, how should I be managing my child's anxiety around writing matric? So I think as a parent, you obviously have to make yourself as available as possible. I mean, we all understand you do still have, you know, your work obligations and you're going to be working remotely as well, but your kids need you most importantly. And so I think it's important that you make yourself familiar, you know, with your teen's work in terms of what's expected of them. If necessary, contact the school, contact the child's teacher, look at what, you know, the measurable goals and outcomes are. Help your teen create some kind of timetable. It doesn't have to be rigid, but at least, you know, there are goals that can be worked 
towards. If necessary, you know, sit down with your teen and help them start learning. Remember, your job as a parent is to be supportive. Your job is not to be the principal and the disciplinarian in this case. But, you know, at the same time, you have to help your teen get through this time sort of as unscathed as possible and with as much support, love and understanding as possible. It really is a very hectic time. And what tips would you be giving the tricks who might be listening or teenagers who might be listening to this podcast? So, you know, as teenagers, it's important to remember that you are by nature impulsive you are going to want to break the rules and take risks and do what you can to connect with the people that you know form part of your everyday life. And right now, what we're asking you to do goes against your nature. We're asking you to pause, to, to sit still, to be mindful of the well-being of yourself and others. And we have the greatest empathy for you in you know expecting you to, to sit in isolation and to be motivated and, and to get through everything. I think we have to believe that this too shall pass and we want you to be in the best mental and physical space when school does resume and the the pressure is put on again. So right now, while lockdown is not in your control, being able to both rest and take important time out and also get some of the work done, that's in your control. No one's judging you if if the quality of your work work is not as good as it usually is. I think right now it's more about the effort that you're putting in so that you also know that when you get back to school, you won't feel like you're drowning. You'll feel that at least you've put some things in place that create some kind of lifeline. And also, if you're not coping, to reach out to organizations like SADAC to explain to your parents that you are, that you're not managing because at the end of the day, we want you healthy and alive at the end of this. And that if things aren't working out, remember that school's always going to be there, but you only have one life to live. Wow. For those who might be, you know, a friend, a sister, a brother, an auntie, an uncle, a grandparent who might see what are the telltale signs of somebody who might be feeling overwhelmed and actually just isn't reaching out for help. How can we tell? So look, I think at the end of the day, it's important to remember that you as family members are the expert on your team. You know what sort of what we call the baseline level of functioning is. And yes, while a certain degree of, of moodiness and irritability is to be expected, the things you need to look out for, you know, is there more sort of like social withdrawal from the family? Are they refusing to come out of their rooms, you know, during times where there may be family connectedness or there may be family meals, for example? Are they, for example, wearing layers upon layers of clothing or additional braces to hide potential signs of self-harm? Are they sleeping less or are they sleeping more? Do they not have an appetite or is their appetite increased substantially? Are they spending more and more time on their devices? Are you noticing additional signs of anxiety when they are disconnecting from devices? Um, Are they perhaps talking about things like they wish their life was over or, you know, they're suddenly starting to sort out things in their rooms that, you know, giving things away to family members that ordinarily they wouldn't be doing such things. And so I think as a family, as a family member, as much as you may be feeling overwhelmed about the uncertainty during this time, it's vitally important that you ask the questions that you're afraid to ask, because it's the difference between actually like reaching out versus something terrible happening like right in the house where you actually live together. This has been an amazing, amazing bit of advice that you've given us uh, today, Leanne. Thank you so much for your time. How can people reach out to you um, if they want to, if they want to get help or more advice on life with teenagers? 
So I have an Instagram page, The Anne Lurie Psychologist. There's also a, a Facebook page, The Anne Lurie Clinical Psychologist. They're welcome to contact me via those means, via email, theannelurie at gmail.com. And I think also to not forget about, you know, helplines like the South African Depression and Anxiety Support Group, who offer an invaluable service during this time as well. Thank you so much for reminding everybody that SADAC is operating 24 hours a day. You can call them on 0800-456-789. From me, Cindy Paluta, thank you for listening to Locked and Down. As always, show compassion and stay safe. Help is at hand during this lockdown. Call SADAC between 8am to 8pm on 0800-567-789 or visit sadag.org before it's too late. For more episodes of the Locked and Down podcast, visit lifepodcasts.fm.